can't you just like write like one, you know, werewolf novel or something that'll just make us a bunch of money? Hi, everyone. It's Mo Preventure. Welcome to the Dance Cry Dance Break. We've got a great show today. As some of you might know, subscribers of The Break have exclusive access to extended episodes that feature things like bonus tracks, stories you can't hear elsewhere, and conversations between artists and writers. Today, as a special Halloween treat, we're making our newest extended episode available to everyone. This episode features the new instrumental EP from Mari Sullivan, the Seattle-area electronic artist and producer known as Mari Go, accompanied by an original work from Amber Sparks, author of And I Do Not Forgive You, Stories and Other Revenges, and The Unfinished World. Later in the show, Mari and Amber will both be here to chat along with special guest, Dance Cry Dance founder, Natalie Bain. So without further ado, this is break eight. Mari goes Limitations and Space with Amber Sparks, 22 Endings for a Story About Marriage. And so it began. I do, she said. And he said it too. And he was weeping. And she was not. And this was nothing new. There were tears, sometimes on the tip of her tongue. But she swallowed them always. She put her hands on either side of his face and said his name. She carried him over the threshold with the sheer unyielding force of her personality. People cheered. And the music flew out of the speakers and into the hearts of everyone there. It was a celebration, and they decided to run headlong into it. They held hands and ran into joy, into the ridiculous sunshine, and into the rest of their lives. The baby, at least, was finally asleep. And now the baby was dreaming murmurs drawn into the bedroom and threads through the monitor. And now the baby was the only quiet heart in the house. There was only the loud slam of the car door, then the long, slow silence that followed. She was dancing, alone and in love with herself. He had never seen her dance, had never seen her wear her hair that way. And somehow, this was worse than any affair. Her hair, her dress. This was the nightmare his friends had warned him about. He had married a complete stranger. Have you spoken to your husband about this? The doctor asked. He frowned. He was older, white-haired, and disapproving. He is sure husbands should be consulted about all things. Oh yes, she lied. Yes, he's completely on board. Yes. Finally, she said it. The unsayable thing. Are you still in love with me? He stood for a long time surprised by the calm violence of the question. The two-year-old sat on the floor between them, stacking her blocks, thankfully impervious to the sudden shift in the weather.
At dinner, he saw that her hair and the daughter's hair were both bright pink. Mermaid hair. She saw him staring and smiled. It's better than buying a motorcycle, she said, and calmly got up to clear the dishes. They laughed then. A good, hungry laugh. Until they felt like people who had forgotten time and space. Let's make cookies, he said. And let's eat every one of them while the kids are asleep. Let's eat chocolate chip cookies until we puke, she said. She slid down next to him on the floor, took his head, and tucked it into her breast. A brazen benediction. His sadness made her feel almost holy, her hair down in curtains around him like both Mary's. Mother, whore, saint. She opened her legs. There was not even enough money to fix the drywall, let alone the rest of it. But it didn't matter after all. If it was all going to rot, let it rot. Let it all break down like everything does in the end, as the gods intended. Let the sidings crumble, let the brickwork crack. Let the vines find their way through the openings to let life in, to let green life in at last. Let entropy take the wheel. Everyone, he thought, becomes a pod person at some point. Look at her. Her eyes were not hers. They belonged to someone older, happier, more tired. They were such exhausted eyes. They looked like they were longing only to close. What will we do now, she said. The house, empty and blank, echoed back at her but did not provide an answer. He was the better cook, but tonight he would let her experiment. He knew it wasn't the right outlet for her, but when someone's finding themselves, you can't tell them where to go. You can't provide a map. All you can do is say, I love you at the start of the journey, and I love you upon the long way to return, and eat the shitty dinner. gone, she said. He's gone. And her tears were so shocking and unexpected, so incongruous, that the husband just kept sipping his whiskey, making no move at all to comfort her. Her phone lay on the floor, playing a song he'd never heard on repeat. The whole scene kept circling, a terrible time loop. Her tears, the song, his whiskey. He wondered if it would go on like this for the rest of their lives. Tears, song, whiskey, ad infinitum. Tears, song, and whiskey. The son walked up the drive and saw them through the living room window, laughing together, intimate and tender. It occurred to him for the first time that they were people he didn't know. It was ridiculous to spy on one's own parents like this as if they were strangers. 
And yet, there was a kind of gentle pleasure in it too. He wondered what they were like, these people he'd never met before. He wondered what they hoped for, what their favorite color was, or what they dreamed about at night. He wondered if they liked him. I must remember to treat them as people, he said. Though, of course, he would never recall this moment again, not even when he had grown children of his own. Promise me you'll never do it again, said the husband. I promise, she said. And the rain outside fell like glass, breaking everything around it. I like the way your nose sags a little at the end now, like it's tired, she said. I like the lines around your eyes, like a spider web, he said. I like the way the veins on the back of your hands show up, like blue rivers, she said. I like the way your dreams are vivid now, when you tell me about them at breakfast, he said. I like the way you're kinder now, she said, softer, like somebody sanded you down. I like the way your eyes never change, he said. How I can time travel back to young us just by looking. I love that too, she said. Let's go. When he retired, they threw him a big party in a park with a cake and a band. I'd like to have a party like that, she said. You're a mother, he said. You already retired when the kids left home. I paint, she said, her face stony. Well, you're not going to stop, are you? He asked. So why throw you a party? For what? For what? For what? In the fluorescent glare of the hospital lights, his face looked ghastly, white with a purple cast. You'll be fine, she said, and held his hand. She did not believe he would be fine. When they finally got to Florence, they were exhausted. I need a nap, she said, and he nodded, though he hated her afternoon nap. You sleep like you're dead, he said, and it always frightens me. At least you know what I'll look like when I'm dead, she said. It's good practice. For what, he said. I'll think you're sleeping until it's too late. Why should I break my heart twice? I didn't sleep with her, he said. I know, she said. You're too old. I don't love her, he said. I know, she said. You're too old to love anybody but me. You won't leave me, will you? He asked. She shook her head. I'm too old to love anybody but you. She took out her aggression on the weeds in the flower bed, telling them sternly that people will absolutely surprise you, forever, until you're dead, and that sometimes the surprises were very goddamn surprising. They drove home from the doctor's office silently. She was at the wheel since his reaction time had gotten long lately. The snow fell gently on the road, as if it were trying to bury the bad news. I guess, he said, that after all this time together, dying is a thing we have to do separately. Maybe, she said, maybe it isn't. And she straightened the wheel, drove right past their house. Where are you going? He asked. I don't know, she said. She rolled down the window. Her hair blew back in the breeze, and she felt about 18 years old. She felt like she could go dancing forever. Who knew you could be so old and still want your whole life back? 
It's raining, he said. Are you crazy? Roll the window up. She ignored him and let the rain sprinkle on her face, her neck, let it wash her life away and make her clean and new again with him. Do you want to get pneumonia, he said. I do, she said, and laughed and laughed. It turned out she was delighted with her life after all. After all of it. Ugh, I just love that piece. I've been a big fan of Amber's writing for such a long time, and Mari is a friend of mine and also sometimes collaborator. And so even though Mo usually does the interviews, I kind of elbowed my way in today to do this one. So thank you for letting me be here today. And here's a little bit of our conversation. So I wanted to start out by asking Amber a little bit about her inspiration for the piece, because both Mari and I were quite surprised when we read your piece. Um, I think that because we were both so familiar with the music beforehand, I kind of had this idea in my head of what I would write, I guess, if I were listening to that piece of music. And it felt kind of like a sci-fi thing to me. And so when we both got your story, we had the same reaction to it. We read it and we're like, this isn't quite what I expected. But then by the end of it, we were like in tears because it was so beautiful. So can you tell us a little bit about how you got that piece from from the music? Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, first of all, I loved the the piece of music. And it was, you know, it was funny because uh, initially we had talked about, you know, me writing something, you know, to go along with the music specifically, mm -hmm. um, or to sort of to be played at the same time. And, 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 you know, when I initially got the music, I was like, huh, I don't, I don't know. Cause it's so, it's a very long piece of music. So I was like, Hmm. And I tend to write, um, you know, shorter, shorter things sometimes. So I was like, Oh, this is, this will be interesting. Um, but then as I, you know, as I listened to it, it, and no doubt this is me being a writer, um, obviously, but you know, everything is a story to me, um, uh, whether or not it has any words, uh, or lyrics. And so instantly I started sort of listening to it and I was thinking, you know, this feels like, um, it feels like a collection of stories, actually. It didn't, it like, or like motifs on a theme, right? I mean, and, and that's sort of what it is, obviously, it's a piece of music, but, um, but it's, um, you know, it d didn't necessarily feel like this sort of operatic thing where there would be, you know, this, you know, this, you know, building crescendo and this climax and these sort of, the sort of typical narrative story, story structure. It felt much more like, like a series of, um, of, of short stories or vignettes, um, instead. And so I sort of, cause I had been thinking about it holistically, like, okay, you know, beginning, middle, end, and how does that work? Um, and then I, so that when I, you know, was listening to it, I was like, okay, I need to think about this a little bit differently. Um, and for some reason, I don't know why, but this idea kept sticking with me that it kept, it sounded like the ending of something <laughs> like it, like the, like all these sort of separate pieces sounded to me like, um, like the end of a film or the end of a story or the end of something. And I don't, I can't really explain why. Um, but, but that really stuck with me. And so I started thinking about endings. Um, and, you know, I was thinking about, I was toying with the idea of death for a while, but I was like, that feels too, that, you know, the, the piece itself has a lot of like joy and a lot of like weirdness and a lot of complexity. And it didn't really feel like just this like downer, but you know, here's like 18 stories about death or whatever. Um, so I was thinking, you know, endings, okay. What, 
you know, what can I write about? And for some reason, marriage popped into my head. I think, you know, I had been reading some short story collections, um, uh, that featured marriage heavily. So I was probably, uh, influenced that way. But, um, and then from there, I just, you know, wrote the piece, I think to your point about, um, the sort of sci-fi nature or what you were kind of envisioning, Mm-hmm. You know, that, that did occur to me and I actually wanted to play against that. Um, I thought that that would, it would be really interesting. It almost seemed like it would be too easy to do something that was just like, here's a story about some people in space or, you know, cause at first, my first thought was literally like space opera <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, um, some people going to like a party in space on a spaceship. And I thought, you know, I, I don't want that. I want to ground it and actually sort of play like everything, all the writing that I do, I like balance. Um, and I love playing against sort of type. Uh, and I thought that that would be really interesting to do here. I love that. I love what you did with it. Um, Mari, so what is your interpretation of the song without the story before? Yeah, it's, there's, this is a interesting, cause I do a lot of songwriting, of course, um, as a vocalist, and this is just an instrumental piece. Um, and they were written all separately and later, you know, partially because of your suggestion sort of joined into a, a single mix, which I think was a really awesome idea, but the, but these all came together actually kind of like towards the beginning of the pandemic. Um, and I was working with like creating music with various limitations, but it's part of the name of the, um, the name I decided to go for, for this piece. And, um, so like every, every track in there, like all the, um, individual pieces that are, that have been tied together were created with like a different set of limitations to, I don't know, kind of challenge myself as a producer Um, and so some of those things were like, you know, only using, um, four tracks or five tracks in, in Ableton live. Some of them were like, um, only using a certain synthesizer. Um, and so I think that's sort of what got it to this really weird place of like a lot of weird, uh, like it's very sound design focused. Um, there's a lot of different like sounds and weird noises and things like that. And, um, and so, this, I don't know, like, I, I don't know about a, a story. It, I think to me, this really kind of sci-fi part, I love sci-fi. And so I, I shared one of them before I think all of them were done with my husband, who was my fiance at the time. I don't, it's interesting. Well, I'll get into it later, but, um, and he was like, I feel like I should be like in a bar in outer space, drinking a drink that's glowing neon blue. Um, and so I, I just really liked that image. And so I just kind of ran with it for all of them, um, in, in a different way. So I thought that was really fun. And so I liked the idea of making like space, space club, weird music. Um, and interestingly, just a side note, I was just thinking about this as you were talking, Amber, um, like I just mentioned at the time, I think just a few months before my, um, my husband had proposed. And so we were sort of newly engaged and I just, the fact that you wrote about marriage kind of like at the start of that journey for us is really crazy. Kind of a weird coincidence. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. So essentially this was just, you know, me hold up like everybody else playing with some weird set of limitations, imagining myself in outer space where there are no limitations and, uh, and just kind of, you know, maybe not, not trying to focus on what's going on in the world. 
was one of the limitations that you gave yourself? Was it uh, not singing, not writing lyrics? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think as artists, we all go through different like ebbs and flows of our creative process. And um, when you're a female and you're a singer, people really think of you as a singer. But my whole life, I've been an instrumentalist. I started playing piano before doing that. And so I just find that I go through these phases. I didn't I didn't really set a strict limitation, but like I'd gone through a big song phase where I finished an EP that was all songs. And then I just really didn't want to sing anymore. I didn't I didn't want to do that part of it at the time. And I just really wanted to, like, um, make some interesting instrumental music. So I'd say it was more of just like a phase I was going through as opposed to like setting that strict limitation. And there is a little bit of a vocal in one of the tracks that's mine, but it's sort of, you know, it's, there's no lyrics or anything. Mm, okay. So one of the reasons that I wanted to match the two of you um, together is uh, because of other songs of yours that I've heard actually, Mari, your song specifically, um, is it called in my, my own image, my yeah. own image. Yeah. My mm-hmm. own image. That's it. Um, when I, I first heard that song shortly after I met you and I didn't know you very well yet, but I was really struck by the lyrics of it. It's so dark and funny. I kind of got the same impression from Amber's work when I read her work. It's, it's very funny and dark. And, um, and I thought the two of you would make a good match for that reason. And then I learned that you're both from the Midwest. So um, I wonder if that's a, like a Midwestern thing. I don't know. I, it was, I was relating to how Amber was talking about kind of going against like what kind of you would expect or something. And I just have a short story kind of about that song, but someone suggested that I kind of make that song into more of like a traditional love song and that it would be like very licensable. And I was like, I can't like, it's, I can't change. I can't change it. (laughs) It's really, it's just gotta be dark. You know what I mean? So I don't know the Midwest, you know, there's a traditionalness to the Midwest that I think is, you know, I strove to get out of that. I didn't want to stay there. You know, I left and kind of felt resistant to that idea of like, you know, being raised there, staying there, starting a family there, being near family. So I don't know. I think that's always in my music too. (laughs) A little bit of our like rebellious spirit. Oh yeah, definitely. Where are you from in the Midwest? Like Chicago suburbs. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I know Chicago suburbs. Well, I'm, I grew up in Madison, Wisconsin. So. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I can actually hear it in your voice yep. <laughs> now that I'm like listening. I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah, there's a little bit left, right? It's not, I'm not yep. like full of Chicago, but it's there. <laughs> yep. So what about, what about you, Amber? Do you feel like the Midwest has a strong oh, influence yeah. on your writing as well? Oh yes, definitely. No, I'm, I'm, I mean, it's funny. I still call myself a Midwestern writer, even though I haven't lived there for, you know, 15 years or more at this point. Um, I've, you know, been on the East coast for a long time, but, um, but I, I, I joke, you know, it'll like, it's in my blood. It'll never, it will never leave. Um, you know, it's my family's still all there and I, you know, spent a lot of time and I was born and raised in, um, well, and actually born in Iowa, but raised in Wisconsin and then um, moved to Minneapolis and spent like my young adult, you know, years there. Um, and there's like this. Yeah, it's just it's in so much of my writing, um, not just places, which, you know, it, it is, but also sort of just a you know, my my particular experience of the Midwest was very much sort of the like Protestant, like 
you know, upper Midwestern, like stoicism, people who do not talk about anything, people who repress everything. Um, and, and that's just, you know, how you live. Um, and, uh, you know, so it's, uh, and that's, you know, my husband's family very much too, not just mine. And so, you know, when I, whenever I'm writing stuff, whether it's, (laughs) whether it's this piece or, or any other about relationships and, um, and, you know, the way that people relate to one another, it's very much out of that mold of, you know, people who just spend their whole lives not talking about the things that are, that are important. Um, you know, I think that that's one of, probably one of the big reasons that I became a writer in the first place is, um, you know, I, ha- I always felt growing up, like I had so much to, to express and um, that it had nowhere to go, you know, because it was, you know, so many things that we, you know, I was always very curious, for example, about death and you know, that was something you did not talk about in my family. Like, even if you were like at a funeral, you know, you were like, you still did not talk about that. Um, you know, you talked about the weather and the casserole and all the other things. Um, and so, uh, you know, I think I, you know, started writing, um, when I was really young and I think that was a a huge part of it was just, you know, trying to find an outlet to express those things that you weren't supposed to say. I wanted to ask a little bit about being a mother and being an artist, because I also am a mother and an artist and Mari is a new mother and an artist. And I just wanted to ask both of you a little bit about the difficulties of that and how you manage it. And if there's, you know, if there's a bright side (laughs) to it (laughs) or if it's all just dark and difficult. Oh my gosh. Uh, well, I'm not, <laughs> oh gosh. It, I, it depends on the day that you ask me, right. Um, is, is always sort of the rule, but, um, it, it's funny. Cause I actually just, just wrote, just tweeted about this just the other day. Um, you know, I, 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 what I've, I was lucky enough to sort of have, have done a lot of things before I had, um, my daughter, And so I had like, I had already written my first book or actually my first two books. Um, and, and actually I was like, as my daughter was like a very tiny infant, I was, um, I was actually working on like the final edits for my second book. Um, and so, uh, so I sort of felt okay taking a break, um, because I really ended up having to, I didn't really write for about three years after my daughter was born. Um, and it wasn't just that, uh, I was, you know, insanely busy. Um, it was also like my, you know, my brain just sort of died for about three years <laughs> or like did, you know, went to this place where I couldn't, I couldn't produce anything creatively. Um, and then, and then it was, there was really, I guess like maybe two and a half years and then like, boom, it just all came flooding back. Um, one day and, you know, I started writing again, but it's, it's, you know, it's still really hard. Uh, to be an artist and a mother and everybody's written about this, some people more eloquently than I have, but, um, you know, there's just, there are so many societal expectations. There's your own sort of weird brain and hormones and, you know, the things that you are expected to do and have to do, um, sort of, you know, emotional labor, all of that good stuff. And, um, it really does make it, I think, difficult in so many ways, you know, there's, there's the days before, like before I had a kid where, you know, I'd be like, 
I'm just going to spend the whole day working on this story now because, you know, I really, I have it. It's, it's in me. The creative spirit is possessing me and I want to do this. Um, and you know, now I can't do that. Right. I have like, I have to take care of this kid. I have to like go get her from school and feed her food and, you know, all these things. And so I can maybe work for, you know, a couple of hours. And then, you know, at that point I have to, to go be a mother again. So, um, it is a lot. I've found that for me and she's seven now. So I'm finally starting to sort of come out of, sorry to um, to everyone else, but, but with younger children, but I am starting to finally come out of this, like sort of into this place where I have, she can kind of be alone more now. She can kind of entertain herself. She goes to school every day. It's a little, it's a little easier. Um, uh, but I do think that it's so much of it is just about like getting rid of this expectation that I had for most of my life as an artist, that this very romantic idea of how to be an artist where you would do things spontaneously and you would, you know, throw yourself into projects for days or weeks at a time and emerge, you know, later and you sort of disheveled, but, you know, with this thing that you'd made and, you know, um, instead having, sort of more realistic expectations that are less romantic. Like, you know, maybe like my last short story collection, I tell people, which is true that I wrote most of it, um, on the Metro while I was commuting on my, on my notes app on my phone, which is, you know, not a particularly like, uh, writerly image. Uh, but you know, it also allowed me to actually write the book. Um, and so I think, you know, having to sort of give up that idea of, being the sort of, you know, art monster and, um, you know, forgetting everyone's needs, including my own for days or weeks at a time. And instead sort of focusing on, okay, I can make art, but it has to be, it has to be in, in very specific ways and in very specific times that I have to be okay with, with that. And, and that's been, been hard, but, um, but I think I've come to accept it. (laughs) The notes app is my best creative tool. I swear as a mother, because <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's Seriously. with me and I can just type yes. something in really fast. I've got lyric ideas or I just yes. make notes. That and the, um, the voice memos. I have yeah. hundreds and hundreds of voice memos of just little snippets of song on the piano or guitar. Oh yeah. That's, yeah. That's, the phone has changed my creative life for sure. <laughs> Mari, how has it been for you as a new mom and an artist? Yeah, I uh, I mean, I just feel like it's such a fresh adventure for me. Um, like I'm definitely experiencing a lot of things. Amber said, like, I, I feel like all my creative energy got sapped during my pregnancy. Like I just mm-hmm. got to a place when I was pregnant that I just everything was going to the baby. I just had no creative energy or like, I don't know. It just, everything was creating a a child. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I, I kind of like just, I wasn't writing much. Um, and you know, I used to stream, uh, live music a lot and I, I paired that back a lot too. Um, that take, took a lot of physical energy as well. So that was really hard. And then since I've had her, um, yeah, I think I've just kind of had to like make peace with needing with like taking some time off and um and like not feeling guilty about it. That's kind of what I grapple with. Um I think in the beginning I felt totally fine with it because they're so like she was 
such a newborn. I was just enjoying like every moment I got with her. But like when things start to normalize, like I'm back, you know, at work and, you know, my body's sort of back (laughs) and stuff like that. I'm like, okay, well, you know, maybe I should get, I got to get to, why am I not making stuff? And um, interestingly, I found that um, number one, I kind of do get these weird creative strokes here and there where I just need to be like, Omar Taker and just quickly write a song but it's not of course the whole week i would love to work on an album it's like one hour where i'm just like desperately trying to finish a song and then uh and then i go through like big you know gaps of where i'm like you know kind of working on beats or instrumental music and just feeling like everything's shit can i swear no can i okay (laughs) um but then of course there's just not a lot of time and and i'm like a true believer in like quantity uh, like kind of mm-hmm. the more, the more, the more I'm making, the more that like of those hundred things I made, three of them are going to be excellent. And if I'm not making a hundred things, it's going to be a lot fewer and far between. So there's just, there's no chance of that quantity right now. And sometimes I'm totally okay with it. And I'm like, you know, I, I just really love being present with my daughter and my family. And that feels really good. And then of course there's the flip side. It's like Amber said too, where, you know, it depends on what day you're asking me. Some days, you know, I'm feeling really bummed about it and it's really challenging. Um, And uh, yeah, I just, I just did my first stream music stream in forever last night um, because I've just in the last week been feeling like a desperate need for a creative outlet. And so, you know, I'm trying to like shuffle my schedule with my husband's and make sure I've got time for that. But I think, you know, I'm just, doing the best I can. And and some days I feel great. And some days I feel like I need more. And, um, I think that's just life, you know, it's always, always trying to find that balance. And sometimes I have it more than others. So, but I've written a couple songs since I had her, which is cool. <laughs> I'm not done <laughs> produced, recorded, but I, I have written a few things, which is, I, I feel happy about. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. That's great. Now that my children are older, also, it is getting a little bit better. My mine are eight and 11 now. At nine and 11, nine. And uh, I can actually leave them alone for short periods of time now. I can, mm. I can walk yeah. out of the house and that's just a real game changer. Yeah, yeah. my daughter is 11 months. So yeah, you, you <laughs> get a little time. She's actually like the most mischievous ever, I think. So, you know, she's almost walking. Yeah. So she's, it's a, it's a, uh, she's a terror. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she's amazing, but it's, it's absolute chaos. Um, I have to say, I felt so much relief though, when, when you both have told me at least after a certain amount of years, that sort of like regular creative energy comes back because even though I get these like here, here and there, um, moments, like generally I sometimes wonder if I even know how to do it anymore. <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah. do I even know how to write anymore? Like, do I even know how to make music anymore? <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, it's really, it took a long time. Like I feel, and, it, and like, you know, I did write, you're right. Like I did write some like small things here and there. Like I, it wasn't like a total, you know, wasteland, but like, um, but no, it, I think it does come back. It's and it, and it, and I was really surprised, even though everybody told me it would, I was like, oh no, I'll never write again. And it, and, it, and then it came back full force. And I was like, it's like, it's almost like, I don't know, to me, it felt like there was just this period of time where it's kind of like what you were saying about being pregnant. It's like, I, I felt like in this really way that I actually, as a feminist kind of detested that, that I had to like give everything to my, you know, to my daughter that I was like very much like 
okay, my entire like body and soul is like basically, and I was like also breastfeeding her for like two years. So, you know, it was just like this entire, my being existed and my brain was only there for her. And I only had this like tiny piece of it left for me. And I was, sometimes I was like, is that ever going to get better? Or am I ever going to get out of this? Like, I love it, but I hate it. And, uh, yeah. And then it was like, all it really was like, weirdly, I swear to God, I think it, it felt like it coincided with when I stopped breastfeeding her actually, <laughs> but I was like, Oh, Oh, Hey, there's me. There's my like creative stuff coming back again. Interesting. So, yeah. Well, it's so all the hormones yeah. with that. I mean, I, I also felt, I mean, I did it for like five or six months with my daughter and I truly did not feel like my own human self until. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. I don't, I don't have a lot yeah. of memories from those times. I feel like I, I can't remember a thing from those, like, that makes those early periods. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I remember anything either. And it was just a few months ago. I have another question for you, Amber, about music. Yeah. I think I remember reading something about you being a musician also and make, yeah, making yeah. music. What kind of music do you make? Well, so, well, so <laughs> none, cur- I mean, none currently, um, yeah. but I'd, I'd actually love to, to start again. Um, you know, I, I, that's actually what I started doing, um, you know, a, a million years ago, I always wrote, but, um, you know, the writing was most the like prose writing and stuff was, uh, just mostly like, you know, for me. Um, but I was always, uh, I always played music and I was, I was in a bunch of like bands and, um, you know, I wrote, um, uh, music for all of those bands. Um, and so, you know, that was just something I did for a long time, which, you know, I wasn't, I don't, they weren't like, none of them were that great. So <laughs> it was not, it was not like, Oh man, I was so good. I was like, yeah, you know, uh, probably a lot of at the time also, it was probably a lot of like sort of, um, you know, Ani DeFranco ripoff kind of stuff. But, um, but, uh, you know, then I, I started writing and I went, I actually got, became an actor and I went to theater and, and that sort of, um, you know, cool. effectively cut off the music writing stuff weirdly. Um, and just didn't really, you know, and then I just wrote and never really got back into the music piece of it. Um, but I start, I had, I have been thinking recently about, you know, I have, um, I bought a piano um, cause my, I want my daughter, I, I play piano. And so I wanted my daughter to learn too. Um, and I hadn't played in a long time and I just sat down and I was like, Oh, this is like a whole part of me that's, you know, been missing for a long time. And I really love this. And, you know, I don't know that I'd ever want to like, you know, play anything like publicly, but it was funny. Cause I was talking to a friend of mine and, you know, he, God, I'm so old that, you know, like that I was playing music before, <laughs> before, not before the internet, but before like streaming music was a thing really. And, you know, before you could just sort of like, I mean, you know, you could record your own stuff, but it was, um, it was sort of the beginnings of that. And so my friend is like, you know, you can just, cause I was like, well, I don't really want to get like a band together. Oh, that's just too much. And he's like, you don't really have to do that anymore. You know, like no, you can just you like, don't make music and, you know, get garage band and just make music or whatever, you know, people use now. And so, um, and I was like, Oh yeah, I guess I could do that. So I'd been thinking about, um, I'm working on uh, a short story collection and I'd actually been thinking about putting together like an album to go along with the, the short story collection. Um, 
you know, and to kind of do that at the same time. I have a couple of friends who've done that. And I always thought that that was really interesting. So who knows if anything will actually come out of that. But, um, but I, you know, it is, it is all sort of part of this, like creativity coming back to me that I'm like, okay, I kind of want to revisit that, that aspect again. That sounds amazing. I would love to hear that. (laughs) Well, we'll see. (laughs) You may or may not. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I hope you do. Um, So you said you have a novel coming out or you just finished a novel? I just finished a novel. Yes. Can you Um, tell us anything about it? Yeah. yeah, It's, um, it's, it's going to be interesting. Well, I mean, I hope it's coming out. I should, you know, (laughs) I don't know. Let's see what, let's see what my publisher says about that. But, um, uh, but yeah, it's, um, I don't know. It's about, it's, you know, there's, it's sort of got lots of really weird elements jammed together. Um, like, you know, the dollhouses stuff and the, it's actually takes place in an old sanitarium that is now an apartment building, there's sort of an only murders in the building thing happening. Um, <laughs> it's, um, you know, it's, it's kind of a murder mystery, but kind of not. Um, there's a, and the main characters are a girl um, and her mother. Um, this, uh, and which is a girl, which is actually not based on my daughter, but I realized that my daughter is going to be nine probably when the book comes out, which is the age of the girl. But when I started writing the book, she was like, you know, four. So, Mm -hmm. um, so everybody's going to think it's her, but it's not. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's kind of a, what I keep, I keep describing it to people, which is probably a really weird way of describing it, but as, um, PT Anderson, um, meets, uh, the brothers Grimm, um, (laughs) which probably means absolutely nothing um sort of boogie nights like yeah sounds cool yeah (laughs) (laughs) we'll see hopefully it's very it's 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 one of those things that's like sort of indescribable which is probably like to your earlier point Mari means it's like unmarketable also so (laughs) congratulations to my agent and publisher Well, I like unmarketable things. It's kind of my, it's kind of my niche. I'm like, can relate. I'm like, feel like I once saw this chart, this funny chart that was like, it was like music my friends listen to, music I listen to, music that like makes you money. And then like a funny squiggly line that goes to like music I make. And it's just like a tiny little nugget. And it's like, great. That's, yep. Yep. (laughs) That's me. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's totally true. My husband's always like, why don't you just like, you know, I get it. You're writing your literary stuff, whatever. But can you just like write like one, you know, werewolf novel or something that'll just make us a bunch of money and then right. back to your literary stuff. And I'm like, it's not that easy. I wish I could do that. Like, I'm actually really jealous of people who can just like write a commercial um, success because my brain doesn't work that way. Yeah, same. Weird. Yeah, same. Well, um, I think we probably have more than enough for the podcast. Um, Awesome. But I just wanted to say thank you to both of you for for being here and for sharing sharing your work with us and for trying something fun and experimental. And I really I really enjoyed both your music, Mari, and your story, Amber. And I really appreciate you being here. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, Amber, again, loved the piece, literally did actually tear up uh, when I got to the end and was just really, I don't know, I was so surprised by the end of it and just really loved it. And so, 
Yeah, it was, it's really cool to have your writing paired with my music. Such a cool <laughs> opportunity and experience. Sweet. Thanks, Marion, Amber, and Natalie for joining us today. And thanks to all of you for listening. If you'd like to hear more music and more stories and interviews, you can now subscribe to the Dance Cry Dance Break on Apple Podcasts. Click follow to make sure you never miss an episode. The Dance Cry Dance Break is written and produced by Natalie Bain and recorded and edited by me, Mo Preventure. Our story editor is Timory Marston. Theme music for The Break is Red Lines by Tiny Tiny, and break artwork is by Franco DiCarlo. Today's featured music was Limitations and Space, written and produced and performed by Mari Go. Today's story was written by Amber Sparks and voiced by Simone Maddox, Emma Teigen, Joe Mondi, Sean Latorno, Elaine Saw, Matt Badger, Michelle Ochitwa, Zach Ferguson, Brianna Vox, Wayne Corbet, Kim Nguyen, Ryan McNulty, Maggie Ross, Ben Baines, Jessica Fisher, Jackie Yates, Joe Meluso, Mia Rodriguez, Rodney Harder, Cordelia Hart, and Kristen D. Mercurio. A transcript of today's story, along with links to the artist and writer, can be found on our website at break.dancecrydance.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you at the next break. Break, 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 break,